This is the Change the Map podcast, where we inspire, educate, and resource you to transform the Buddhist world through prayer and action. Join us as we explore the mystical world of Buddhism, discover its unique challenges, meet Buddhist background followers of Jesus, and engage in strategic prayer to change the spiritual map of the Buddhist world. This month, I'm joined by a veteran global worker and business owner in a sensitive country in Southeast Asia. On this episode, we hear powerful stories of how God opens doors for discipleship through close personal relationships with the lost. Welcome to the Change the Map podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and this is a podcast for pastors, leaders, and for people that just want to be more involved in the Great Commission. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, go ahead and like and subscribe. If you're watching it on YouTube, like and subscribe there, and that'll just ensure that you get all of our content as it's released. You can also join the Change the Map community by downloading our new app, and that's available on Apple and Android stores. Well, today we're excited to have Grant with us. Grant is a longtime global worker uh, serving in Southeast Asia, and so Grant, we're excited to have you today. It's great to be here. And for people that don't know you, Grant, um, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on your family and your current ministry? So uh, myself and Molly have been uh, in Vietnam for the last 16 years. We got there in 2007, and at that time, we got there with our two young boys. They were four and two at that time, but wow. now they're 20 and 18 <laughs> in university and getting ready to go to university. Yeah. Awesome. So, so why Vietnam? I mean, did you grow up as a kid? You know, knowing that you're going to be in Vietnam one day, or did this happen a little bit later in life? Yeah, it, it definitely uh, probably happened later in life. Uh, the the call to to um, missions, the call to uh, Vietnam. Me and uh, Molly had just got married, um, and we were. I was just fresh out of the. I was in the military, got out of the military to pursue this call, and um, uh, didn't know where. Probably uh, as we were. Uh, pursuing it, we would have thought Europe or the Middle East. I had li- we both had grown up in Europe. Um, I had served in the Middle East quite a bit, so mm-hmm. thought that was natural. But during that time, we just felt uh, separately a call to Vietnam, and uh, probably the reason was is uh, just the Holy Spirit leading us. At the time, there was uh, we had three uh, global workers in uh, Vietnam at the time. Vietnam was about eighty-two million people. <laughs> And so we just uh, thought that was the place to go. We had never visited Vietnam. The wow. first time uh, we we went to Vietnam was with our kids uh, wow. when we showed up to the field. And uh, uh, yeah, we just we just knew that's where God was calling us, and we were gonna go. Awesome, awesome. So what is what are some of the challenges of serving in Vietnam? If I think some people, a lot of people have heard about Vietnam, but. You know, what are some of the challenges to serving there, some of the challenges of coming to Christ? You know, what is what is it like there? Um, Vietnam's a communist country, one of five remaining in the world. So we can't go in there as traditional workers. You, so you have to have some kind of business uh, platform. Okay. And uh, that's uh, probably the first hurdle to get over. And then, uh, so we've done that through a coffee shop, a business as missions coffee shop in okay. uh, the largest city, Ho Chi Minh City, or what a lot of people would know as Saigon. Okay. Um, and uh, but uh, coming to faith, there's just uh, all the hurdles from communism, atheism, to Buddhism, to ancestor worship, just that whole mix of uh, hurdles that there are to overcome for someone coming to Christ. 
So with all of these challenges, are you guys seeing people coming to, to faith? Yeah, we are. Um, actually, we've, we've been able to disciple over 200 people. Wow. Um, we have 10 people in full-time ministry today, but um, it's just amazing how God just draws people in to um, our coffee shop. Uh, one, I can remember one, one day, uh, one young man uh, came in. It was his first time. Molly was uh, in the speaking rooms. We have conversation rooms at our coffee shop where people are coming in to improve their English. That's kind of our draw to be able to be in relationship with lost people. Uh, We find it very important. Um, It's probably our number one core value is every Christian should be in a relationship with a lost person, significant relationship. So um, Lynn was coming in to practice his English, and... uh, you know, it was his first time, and he came in like a normal, you know, just like any customer comes in. And Molly just engaged him and said, hey, what's your name? You know, there was already about seven or eight other people in the room, and they were he was just introducing himself. And, you know, he introduced himself. He had just talked about graduating university, getting his new job, and you know what I mean? Like yeah. all the things that, like, exciting things in life. Yeah. And um, as uh, <clears throat> they were sitting there, he said, you know what? I've never heard of this coffee shop before. Hmm. And he goes, but as I was riding my motorbike by, by this place this morning, something inside me told me to come in. Wow. And Molly kind of just smiled. She's like, okay, Holy Spirit, what <laughs> yeah. are you going to do today? Yeah. And, you know, it was, a, it was normal conversations, just talking. And it came to a lull. And uh, Lynn k- kind of spoke up in this lull. He said, you know what? I'm going to kill myself. Wow. And Molly, we'd never had anybody uh, talk this way in the coffee shop mm-hmm. before. And Molly just said a quick prayer to herself under her breath and just asking the Holy Spirit to guide her. And she's like, why would you want to kill yourself? And, and it was over a broken relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, his girlfriend had broke it off with him. He thought they were going to get engaged and get married. And, and she had broke it off. And, and so Molly just started asking him questions. She said, well, how about your family? How about your parents? He said, they're going to be devastated. Mm. He goes, I'm the oldest son, the only son, which in the culture is yeah. a lot of pressure, yeah. a lot of responsibility. And um, he just said, they're, they're just going to be devastated. She goes, how about your siblings? He goes, I got three younger sisters. Mm. And the, my responsibility is to take care of all of them as they go through university and to... You know, the, he was from a different area in the country. They would come to university in the city, mm-hmm. and he was there to not only take care of them, but to finance it, to, yeah, you know what I mean, to wow. take care of them. And, uh, and she's like, he said, what, she said, what about them? And she said, their lives are going to be totally different now. Mm. And uh, Molly just started to try to engage him. He says, you can't change my mind. He goes, I've already written out the letters. I know where I'm going to do it. There's nothing you can do to change your mind, my mind. And about that time was our normal shift change. Mm-hmm. So I was coming in actually yeah. to the speaking room, had no clue what uh, I was, what was walking in. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm like walking in, hey, everybody, how's everybody doing? It's yeah. like super quiet, oh, super man. like everybody's like, uh, uh, this is awkward, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, I sit down, I, I kind of sense what's, not what's going on, but there's like some, something's <laughs> yeah, going this on. Is, they're not talking about yeah, sports, yeah. Or, you know? Yeah, so I sit down, Molly's trying to motion to me like, hey, there's something serious going on here. And so I just sit back and really don't say anything. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and she Molly gets ready to get up and go out of the room and she asks Lynn, she goes, "Would you come outside with me?" And and he said, "Yeah." 
and again, he just reiterates, you can't change my mind. Mm. And uh, she goes, can I pray for you? And he says, yeah, you can do that. Mm. And she just prays for him, just like, just ask the Holy Spirit just to move in his life, comfort him, change his mind, Yeah, you know. And uh, she leaves. He comes back in for a little bit. Remember, this is his first time. We really don't know him. Yeah. We don't have his number. Wow. We don't have a way of contacting him. Um, he ends up leaving, and we, we talk amongst our team, and we ask, we tell him about keeping an eye out for this guy. But his name's Lynn, but he's black hair. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? like yeah, it's hard sure. To, sure. to give, and, and no one really knows who he is. So we, but we're praying for him so over the next month or so, and uh, we don't see him. We don't. So we, we're just not. We're not sure what happened to yeah. him. Um, well, in that meantime, one Saturday, we're, uh, my family's actually moving, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the joyous thing to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. loves to move. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It just brings like marriages closer, <laughs> closer together. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stress levels at all time low. Yeah. yeah. You know, Molly always says, I love to move. I said, I wish you would show it while you do <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so, you know what I mean? So we're human. That's our mindset at that time. Yeah. You know, frustrated. Molly's like, we're going from our old apartment over to our new apartment she's like hey i gotta swing by the coffee shop i'm like brains ah. all over the place yeah, yeah i'm like okay let's you know what i mean i yeah. pull in where she gets out and i had to use the restroom so i was going to go in and go upstairs to the restroom it's saturday that's our busiest day at the shop um the we have these two rooms they can fit about 20 people each that people are in there practicing their english we look in the first room it's packed like there's 20 wow. people in there and when i walk down to that second room i look in through the door and i see lynn wow I open the door. Everybody else is in there. Even our team members in there. They don't know. No one knows who he is at that time. And I just said, hey, man, it's good to see you. Yeah. And he smiles back at me. Everybody else is like, why is it good to see him? (laughs) Yeah, what about us, How about us? No one cares. Yeah. But uh, I, I, you know, close the door, go back downstairs. I say, hey, Molly, there's someone upstairs that needs to see you. And she said, who is it, Grant? I said, don't worry about it. Just go on upstairs. She goes, yeah. I don't got time for this today. Yeah. You know, she's got the love yeah. of Jesus moving through her. Like, this <laughs> yeah. move is really working. Yeah. She's like, who is it? I said, it's, don't just go on upstairs and see who it is. Mm-hmm. And she finally got frustrated with me. Yeah. You know, she's like, it's faster to just go up there yeah. and see who it is than mess with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she looks in the first room. She's like, oh, that's great. It's full. A lot of people here. Mm. But I don't really need to see anybody yeah. here. Like, yeah. you know, she's getting a little sure. frustrated. She gets down to that second door and looks through that glass door and she sees Lynn. Mm-hmm. She opens up the door and Lynn just jumps up out of the seat, runs to her, hugs her. Wow. And he says, I'm alive today because of you. Man. You know, that's the power of having a permanent place where the Holy Spirit can call people into. Yeah. And when he calls them in there, the people are ready to to speak the truth mm-hmm. into people's lives. Yeah. And we've just been able to s- see that happen over and over. Not, maybe not as dramatic as Lynn's story, because we've never had anybody else in that situation, to our knowledge, ever sure. voice that. Mm. But over the last 17 years in Vietnam, over 40,000 Vietnamese wow. have come in there and heard about Jesus for the very first time in their life and gotten a gospel presentation. Yeah. And that's just, just because of the consistency of being there every day, yeah. a place to be there, and people willing to pour their lives into these people that are coming in just trying to improve their English. Mm. And as they try to improve their English, they find Jesus. Yeah, it's not. it wasn't through powerful preaching or great services. You know, it was just mm. day in and day out. You guys were just loving people on purpose, yeah. you know. 
So once, so somebody like Lynn, you know, once they decide to follow, they decide, you know, I'm alive today because of you guys and because of what happened. You know, once they decide to follow Christ, is it does thing do things get easier after that? I mean, are there challenges, are there hurdles that you guys are seeing in Vietnam that would keep people um, maybe from progressing, or maybe would even have people once they decide to follow, they you know they turn back because of, the, of those pressures or those challenges. Yeah, I mean, when when someone, well, we minister mainly to young professionals. Okay. So from university, start of university until they get married. And okay. in Vietnam, that's around early 30s okay. on average, where we're at, the people we're ministering to yeah. at least. So, um, but we find that a very fruitful opportunity because they're free. Yeah. They're, they're usually not living under their parents' roofs mm. necessarily. Um, but if they are, uh, they still they have their own jobs. They have their own sure. needs. But um, the the biggest issues are their family. Mm. The family, you know, just feels like the if they accept Christ, they're going to reject them as 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 family. Mm. And almost every one of our people that have come to Christ, they've had some kind of pushback from family. Mm. Most, I would say 95%. Um, There's been some kind of family pressure. When they're younger, the pressure is a little bit more. Mm -hmm. As they get older, the pressure is not as much, but there's still still pressure there just because. Yeah. Maybe not right up front, but in the back of their head, it's like, who's going to take care of this or mom and dad have the, when you're a kid, it's like you just do what mom and dad say. But as you get older, some of those societal and family pressures, it starts to, to build and build and build. Yeah. One, one young man we had come in, he was, man, he wasn't your typical, just young Vietnamese. He was, um, he got, he came into our place because he got kicked out of high school for hitting his principal. Wow. <laughs> Which in Asia, we were, yeah. I'm like, oh, that man. is like unheard of. Yeah, they you respect know. teachers. Teachers, and yeah. Leaders very much, yeah. Yeah, wow. so he was kicked out of his high school. He was in a private boarding school. Come to find out, I didn't know about this at the time, he was sneaking out of his boarding school to come into our coffee shop. Oh, wow. So I don't even know how he did that. <laughs> yeah. But but he started coming into the coffee shop. He was close to graduation, so it wasn't much longer. He, he wasn't in school really that long. That was just his introduction to us. Mm-hmm. When he went into universities, when he really was hanging out, and he, I mean, he was with us all the time, like at the at our shop. And, and um, his life started to change, and he started to seek uh, out God and, and eventually gave his heart to Christ. Wow. And one of the big things um, that a lot of people do is like when you accept Christ, you need to go out and ch- you need to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. You need to tell your family. Yeah. And we're probably a little bit more like, let's use wisdom. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, really, let's use the guidance of the Holy Spirit on yeah. when we share that with um, uh, adversaries sometimes yeah. In, yeah. to the gospel. And so we don't we don't really push we don't really say by this time we had been around a little while mm-hmm. so um, Chum was uh, was uh, eating breakfast one morning about a year after he got saved mm-hmm. and his mom just commented she's like oh I'm so glad we sent you to that boarding school you're such a good boy now yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said tell him why you're a good boy wow. And uh, he was nervous and like, oh, no, his mom and dad were both sitting there. It was his mom talking oh, to him. Man. And um, he's he's the youngest, so he's the only one in the house anymore. Mm-hmm. 
And um, he just said, Mom, Dad, it's not the boarding school that made me a good boy. Hmm. He goes, I'm a Christian, and it was God that changed my heart, and that's why I'm a good boy. Wow. And he just sat there for a minute in silence, and his parents thought, and his mom spoke up said, I don't care. I just got a good boy. That's all wow, that matters wow, to me. Wow. So, but but by him telling his parents when the Holy Spirit was right, their hearts were prepared for this. Yeah. And yeah. they were open to it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we as uh, mature Christians <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. force people to do to do things that the Holy Spirit's not ready to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think if we just go by the leading of the Holy Spirit more, mm-hmm. some of these conflicts that come up and that are that are there, maybe will be minimized. I'm not saying they're all going to go sure, away sure. for any any by any means, but um, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, sometimes He checks us and says, "Don't do it." Sometimes He yeah. says, "Hey, tell them why you're a good boy." Yeah, and the, and yeah. that's you know what I mean. That's what changes generations. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are some incredible stories, Grant. But what you as somebody who's been there for 17 years, somebody who's living there day in, day out, you know, putting in the time, putting in the the work, putting in the prayers and loving on these people, you know, what do you think it's going to take to see Vietnam changed? I I really think it's all about relationship, being in relationship with lost people. Mm -hmm. I think somewhat the church has lost that. Mm -hmm. We've lost that connection to lost people when we're around lost people is different than when we're in relationship with lost people. I mean, what to be able to see people's lives change and then their life, be able to change other people's life. They have to be mentored. They have to be discipled. Um, and they have to see it walked out. Um, I remember when we, the coffee shop first opened, we had a young college student, one of our first baristas, Mm -hmm. his name's Kwa. And uh, he was just a just your normal student, you know. Yeah. He's studying economics. He's a brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. It was at one of the top universities in Vietnam, uh, the economics university, uh, studying finance, accounting, you know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And and just connected with him. He uh, just was around. He was more than just one of our baristas. He started coming to discipleship groups. So he started uh, coming to church, and he got involved. He got saved. He had a girlfriend, you know what I mean? And she was leery of these Christians yeah, and everything. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. typical university students. Yeah. But um, over time, uh, she came to Christ, too. Mm. And her life changed. Um one is her name, and uh, her life changed in such a dramatic way, her mom noticed it, mm. and her mom's like, what's going on with you? Mm. And she, th- I mean, this was within weeks of yeah. her. She's like, you're different. Something's going on. Yeah. And, uh, and she told her mom, she's like, hey, I'm a Christian, and God just changed my life. And, and her mom was like, okay, like, I want to know more about this. Yeah. So her mom started coming to church. Wow. Mom got saved. Her little brother got saved. You know, her entire family wow. got saved. He, and then eventually, uh, Kwa and Hun get married. Um, where I'm in their wedding. I'm like, I'm like, kind of like a big brother to him. Yeah. You know, I'm exactly ten years older than okay. him. So, okay. So, um, and you know, he is. He get they get married. Um, they end up having a child. And you went from Kwa and Hun, a generation that never heard anything about Jesus until mm. they were. 20, 21 years old. Yeah. To Ba, 
being born into the family, into a Christian family. Wow. I remember at her first birthday, they played um, Jesus Loves Me because that's her favorite song. Wow. So they they were playing it, and they, he was a banker at this time. Mm-hmm. He invited all of his banking. His first birthday is a huge deal within okay. the culture. So they, they invited all their friends and everything, and not ashamed mm-hmm. to be Christian, yeah. openly Christian. Their, their extended family, like his family, they haven't come to Christ, but they consider us family now. Wow. You're part of his family. You're part of ours. And we're able to speak into their lives. He's able to speak into their lives. Now, actually, he's our business partner. Awesome. So he, I mean, yeah. like, um, he's fully um, embraced what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a successful businessman in his own right, do, yeah. uh, doing business in other areas. But he's like, he's taken on, he goes, no, this is invested in my life. I want to take on responsibility for this this business and ministry and make sure that um, it thrives. His daughter's now one of the kids in our children's church and our oh, church plant awesome. and everything. And they're like uh, key members mm-hmm. of, of our church. Wow. Yeah, th- I, I would say this just shows you when you're just consistent, loving people, the fruit that comes. I mean, they're they're investing in other people's lives now. Um, it's just amazing to see them reaching other people yeah. beyond people that we could ever come in contact yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. So it's changing not just a few lives, but it's changing generations. Yeah. And now these generations, they're changing the people around them. Yeah. And so I think that's something that we can be we can be in prayer for in mm-hmm. Vietnam. That if 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 it's really going to change, it's not just going to happen just one here, one there, but it's these, these lives that are being changed that are changing entire, entire generations. Um, I've heard you mention it several times, too, about um, being in contact with every Christian, being in contact yeah. with the lost person. Um, I think that's one of those things that we can be praying for this month, that the believers in Vietnam are having these close relationships. It's that, that whole thing. They don't care what you know until they know yeah. that you care. And so along with praying for, you know, Christians to have these lost friends, tight, tight relationships, mm-hmm. what are some other things that we can be praying for uh, for Vietnam over the next month? Um, I, I, one of the main things is, is the Assemblies of God mm-hmm. is recognized, but okay. it's not fully recognized. I won't go into the nuances of that, but sure. full recognition where there's no restraints um, put on them because of not having that sure so the the assemblies of god churches that mm-hmm. are in in vietnam we want them to be fully recognized by the government, the government. of vietnam okay yeah. okay what else can we be praying for praying for uh workers yeah. um uh, when we got there uh in, to vietnam in 2007 there was uh three workers for 82 million mm. we have 17 uh units now okay. for 100 million but there's <laughs> okay. there's still uh, uh still some work to do just sure there's still opportunities to yeah. be able to sow and and reach the lost. Okay. To get these workers in, we need visas and visa platforms, and um, we can't. So that's becoming a challenge now for uh, visas and visa platforms. So uh, praying for opportunities there. Okay, awesome. So we've got the AG fully recognized with the government. Um, each believer being in a significant relationship with the lost person more workers, yeah. and then access through different platforms, visas, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Grant, this has been really encouraging, really inspiring. I think this is something that as people pray, we're not just hearing 
about all the challenges. I mean, we're hearing that, wow, God is, is moving through his people to reach the lost in Vietnam. And so I'm encouraged. My prayer is that, you know, listeners at home yeah. are going to be encouraged. Um, thanks again for, for joining the podcast. We're going to be praying for Vietnam over the course of the next month. And as we close this off, why don't you just lead us in prayer for these things? Dear Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We thank you for the people that are out there going to listen, Lord, and watch this. I pray that you would just uh, start to stir their hearts, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Pray that they would join together in praying for Vietnam and the Buddhist world, Lord. I pray that uh, for the Assemblies of God, churches in Vietnam, that they would be fully recognized, Lord Jesus, that they would be able to uh, do the things that underneath the religious law that uh, they should have access to, Lord. I pray that you would just open those doors. Lord, I pray right now that each person, each Christian, Lord, in Vietnam, that they would have a hunger to be in relationship with lost people. Yeah. Lord, we can't expect people just to change their worldview when we just come up and ask them a question. Lord, I pray that people would put time in to lost people, and then through that time that you would just be able to move in their lives and, and just uh, touch these people and that they would come to know you because of the investment of your people in them. Lord, I pray for people to come to answer the call. Maybe there's someone listening today or watching today, Lord, yeah. that, and, and you're stirring their heart, Lord. I pray that not only just stir their heart, Lord, let them put action behind your stirring, Lord. Yes. I pray that they would seek you out and seek out where you're calling them to go, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, also for access yeah. to Vietnam, Lord. I pray you see how things are getting more difficult with getting visas and different areas that are just, uh, it's just difficulties coming up, Lord. I pray that you would just uh, grant access, open up um, ways to get into the country, open up platforms, Lord, that would uh, be able to grant access to many of your workers, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for this time together today, Lord. We thank you for this podcast and its reach, Lord. I pray your blessings on it too. And we just thank you for your love that changed our heart, that we can take that out to the people around us that don't know you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Change the Map podcast. For more information, visit www.changethemap.net.